Hey guys, it's Pete. Just wanted to let you know that my second book, Frankenstein's Soul's Echo, is now available. It continues the adventure from Frankenstein to Life Beyond, which is a direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic novel. Both Frankenstein Life Beyond and Frankenstein's Soul's Echo are available as ebooks on Amazon, iBookstore, Barnes & Noble, Kaboo, and, of course, from EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Your tongues can't repel flavor of that magnitude. With your host, Pete. How you doing, you old pirate? And Greg. Thank you, Cody. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Carefully snap away, you record that. Well, and with that, we begin with oh, the re- <laughs> <laughs> with uh, reboot quals. Woo! Uh, what? <laughs> well, are uh, you making up terms again? Somebody had to make it up in this modern age of well, let's take an old franchise, start from scratch, but not really start from scratch. Let's bring in the old people to transition to the new. And so you're saying it's a jump to conclusions, Matt? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll reboot Office Space and Peter Gibbons <laughs> will show up. <laughs> or Lumberg will be there. But, that, uh, but why not? Because that's what we're here for. And Hot on the heels of Force Awakens blasting its way to uh, the number one box office film of all time. Where Has it officially crossed that boundary? Uh, it's officially crossed as of this recording in early January of 2016. It has passed Avatar for the domestic box office champ, but it's going to have a long haul to actually pass it in the uh, the, the, world. the worldwide because Avatar just was a much more uh, easily translatable film. It was an easily translatable visual film, and from what I understand, China is not like huge into Star Wars like some other places are and so it's it's guesswork cuz it's made like 1.5 billion and yet it still has about another 1.2 to go to to match Avatar. That's a gotcha. that's a haul. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we'll see, but that easily fits into the term reboot cool. And mm. so we we well, did let's, our let's let's give some concrete parameters to to this term cuz we were going banting back and forth about this last night and somehow parsed out not one but two terms of reboot quill and remake quill. That's right. <laughs> Where you could almost say that uh, Creed and The Force Awakens are halfway between reboots and remakes. Uh, I mean, Creed is a lot of the same beats of the original Rocky, but with the new characters and the old mixed. Star Wars is a lot of the same beats as the original Star Wars, but new characters with the old mixed. So is that a fresh reboot where we're starting over, but we're bringing the handoff from the old people? Or is it technically kind of a remake of the original? And I wouldn't say that those two are because they are sequels. So they're not really remaking. They're just rebooting. Um, remake, well, I think would be like Star Trek Into Darkness. That's that's a uh, a sequel to a reboot quill, but it's a remake quill. <laughs> that's right. So much recycling. Uh, yes, which I mean, that's to be fair. Hollywood has been doing nothing but recycling old stories since the twenties. So yeah, that's not... how Shakespeare made his mark. Most of his uh, plays are adaptations of existing stories, such as. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, uh, Hamlet, for example. Well, hell, the the 
if you want to go back that far, the story of Jesus's birth is a remake because <laughs> <laughs> how many versions of Roman and Greek gods all had virgin births and they were born under the North Star and the dead of winter. I mean, it's just it's all very similar. But I just, you know, figured it was Metachlorians, but OK, well. They became so powerful. <laughs> well, we were going to do a post-mortem on Force Awakens like we did a pre-mortem on post, post, or, uh, Force Awakens, but uh, we're not going to do that because there's been varying opinions. And <laughs> well, not to, we we well, not to mention, <laughs> and, and I don't even really want to just because whoever's listening to this obviously has a lot of choices to go listen to <laughs> endless amount of talking about Star Wars. Good, bad, and middle you have the option of listening to like 20 straight hours of people talking about Star Wars at length. Uh, I have. There so. is no shortage out there. That so that's crazy. not what we're here for. I mean, we go over the list. I mean, the Star Wars. Yes. Creed is the Rocky franchise rebooted say, with Sylvester Stallone. Let's just walk backwards through last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jurassic World is, a, is bringing Jurassic Park back, but... In, but hey, there's the uh, okay up front. Since I've heard so many podcasts say this, that we have to do the disclaimer. Okay, spoilers for all sorts of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not holding back well, on some anything. of these. You can speak to them better than I can because it's like I've I've listened to details about these things, but I haven't necessarily seen them myself. So sure, but enough to be able to say right up front. Here's where you know we're coming from. Han Solo gets killed by his son. So that's where you know where we're coming from. So suck it, all you people. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, Jurassic World. And who's the big person who shows up at the end? It's not a person. The T-Rex shows up to be a hero because we're reminding you of the first movie. Um, we're going back to the same island. Yeah. Uh, crazy corporate brain trust. Yep, you got the same company, but you you got uh there is an actor who returns, the original uh scientist dude um who gave him we're, the tour in the first We're still movie. playing God with science. Science runs amok. Yep, but it is a reboot quote in the truest sense of the word because it's this one it's this magical mix that has suddenly popped up in our landscape here that we're now having a show about it where <laughs> well, we're hip deep in them after this past year that's for sure I, yeah take the example of Jurassic World mm. it is calling back to the first movie that everyone loves and ignoring the other two sequels so it is technically a sequel it has a whole bunch of new characters and new themes based on the original so it's a reboot but it has actual characters and things from that first movie, not redos of them. So it's a sequel, sort of. But it's also starting off a new franchise by leaving cliffhangers at the end. Hence, a reboot cool. So it's, it's, a, it's a pilot for a new episode of a new series based on the original, but with the original people. So it would be like the MASH TV show having Donald Sutherland showing up and handing it off to Alan Alda, which would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's what Star Wars is. I mean, Star Wars is new characters, but I, this is what we got into last night. And I guess this is where our Star Wars can start and end before we go into other things is just in terms of what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if star wars can fit entirely within the reboot sense of the reboot quote because it's more an absolute true sequel and it's only reboot in name because it's just been years since the movies have been around but it's more a straight up sequel would you not agree okay uh take it for me from the top so you you said a reboot will you're you've got kind of the old blended with the new it can be bringing back cast members from previous iterations or whatever and then you recycle either beats or story elements or whatever into it with the ultimate goal of setting up a new series of films right yeah but i think if we just use those two examples, Jurassic World and Star Wars, I see Jurassic World is a reboot. It is 
to hell with the other the parts two and three. What did you like about the first movie? And let's just start something new while referencing the past. Whereas Star Wars: well, The Force isn't, Awakens is, isn't the only isn't the only well I don't even know if he's playing the same character. Isn't the only recurring character the scientist who appears for like three minutes in the original film. Yeah. And he shows up in this film and he's got the little cliffhanger at the end as he takes the, like the, the dinosaur eggs as they fly off nefariously in a helicopter as the island's going to hell. So to set up here, Oh, he's going out. He's still out there and we'll be back for part two of this new series. Whereas I see star Wars is, well, people didn't like the ones from 10 years ago, but they're still there, and we're just doing a sequel and restarting the engine. We're not completely starting the series over. This is just a continuation. Something like J.J.'s Star Trek in 2009 is another one we talked about. That one, that's a clean reboot, but Agreed. it's still yeah. in the world. <laughs> but there's oh, Leonard yeah, Nimoy. 2000, 2009 Star Trek is, to me, just a straight-up reboot. But it's got Leonard Nimoy in it, so they're not. See, this is the other thing I think we talked about last night. Is yeah, uh, you know, my mind would go a reboot is Batman Begins. <laughs> uh, yes, because Michael Guff is not there as Alfred. Pat nope. Hingle's not there as Commissioner Gordon. They don't yeah, mention Vicky Vale or anything. It is this I guess is new. Batman Forever would be more of a reboot. Reboot cool, yes. No, no, because they make a very quick reference to Catwoman, and Michael Gull is still, but Alfred and Pat Hingle is still, uh, Commissioner Gordon. That's more like a James. Yeah, that's they, more like a James Bond. So it's okay. just another okay. episode in the series, not as much as a sequel. Okay. I mean that. That's a, there's another category we could possibly get into in the future is like the James Bond it's just it's another one in the series it's not really necessarily connected it's just here's another crazy wacky adventure with this guy I was going to say well in some ways I guess Bond would be a progenitor of this type of thinking kind of but it's not like a long term story it just has the same actors in it so it's not yeah. like and uh, see, that's why I think like Casino Royale. How do you clarify that? Because all of a sudden, wait, Judy Dench is still here. Wait, what? Right. <laughs> well, and I remember there being a lot of discussion and even for some people controversy when that film was released because there was confusion. People were going, all right, now, is this a continuation of where we've been? Is this supposed to be a complete reboot? What is this? And. I think um, through the Craig era, I don't know if there's ever been a definitive answer. You kind of came full circle at the end of Skyfall with the um, classic, you know, Iris shot there at the end and everything and him going to M's office and it feeling like, okay, we're back at the beginning. We're back to uh, something new. And again, we haven't seen Spectre yet, so I don't <laughs> well, know. <laughs> it'll be out on I iTunes know, on January twenty second. I, so. I guess I can't conclusively uh, put my stamp on what I was about to say here, but um, no, we just talked about Bond a couple episodes ago. Well, no, we, but I was just the point that I was trying to make was I, I think those three films kind of ran a little bit of a cycle. Now, whether or not. They kind of clearly delineate, oh, yeah, this whole thing was a complete reboot or, um, you know, it's kind of something else where it is kind of a blend, a carryover of those uh, previous uh, film iterations and those worlds are still kind of up in the air. True. Uh, I mean, another example for me that I would use is like this is an absolute reboot would be the Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010. That had nothing to do <laughs> with the 84 version or the Robert England versions. It was straight up, here is a new version of Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, period. now I didn't see that. All I vaguely recall is seeing, I think, once or twice the trailer for that. They did recycle some of the settings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nah. a—well, I mean, let me say it's 
it's halfway between a reboot and a remake because they okay. hit all of the same beats of the first movie, so it's essentially just a remake. Uh, kind of like John Carpenter's The Thing or whatever, where it's a remake, but they were also, in the modern sense, a reboot because they want to try and... Because they're taking a movie that was originally a series and trying to do a new series. Like, well, unless you're doing Gus Van Sant's shot-for-shot psycho remake, yeah, I think the well, goal of most of these remakes is, well, let's you know, infuse this property with some new life and... And make it sequelized. Make sequels and make a franchise out of this thing again. And it's come full circle in our TV talk. Mm -hmm. Now the movies are trying to catch up to where TV is. uh, All the creatives are going to to the TV side. Now with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and HBO, where you can do this long format storytelling and and not be constrained by the two-hour, or shit, Quentin Tarantino, the (laughs) three-hour, 89-minute uh, format. Well, if you'd gone and seen those seventy millimeter print versions, uh, it could have been even longer. Oh God, no, no! <laughs> I, I, I take that back. The movie was okay. It just was did not need to be over three hours long. Let's put it that way. But uh, whatever. Yeah, you can go. Well, what do you think about? It? <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what the hell I was talking about. But um, no, it, the. Uh, I think it, it shows why all of a sudden the modern-day big-budget blockbuster directors are guys like J.J. Abrams and Joss Whedon. And where did they come from? Their serialized storytelling that they did 15 years ago where they would get things off the ground and spin out a new series. Well, that's where we are now with these big properties. They are guaranteed to be sequel after sequel yearly coming out, so... Who better than J.J. Abrams, who won an Emmy for his pilot episode of Lost, and the first season and a half of Alias was fantastic, to kick things into gear with basically a pilot episode of the new version of Star Wars. Well, this does get into something that I've got a question for you. Um, Okay, so obviously nowadays there's greater and greater emphasis on all of these, you know, movies that we make, we crank X number of millions of dollars into a lot of them. We've got to make that money back real quick in a lot of cases or uh, give it, you know, long enough legs that people pick it up and get, you know, outside media stuff for it or whatever. Are we, with this trend that we're talking about, are we doing a disservice to storytelling in general because we've become so fascinated with a lot of these big-budget properties simply regurgitating what has already happened. Now, they may repackage, you know, different elements and different beats and kind of put different spins on it. Um, And, God, there's just so many examples of that with so many properties. But is that limiting original storytelling? And you'd be doing a disservice if you didn't play the hell out of this. <laughs> That's all I could hear as soon as you said the word disservice. My brain went to Will Ferrell. I've been doing myself and this whole band a disservice. <laughs> Fellas, yeah, we think need these more stories cowbell. need more cowbell. I put my pants on one leg at a time. But after that, I make gold records. Uh I don't think it's a disservice. It's just another form of media to be able to serve some of these bigger properties that can't be done well on TV. So, oh, I, I, not even just like the the scope of it or whatever. It's just uh, have we become overly reliant on playing it safe in films when it comes to storytelling? No, I think there has been just as many good smaller movies made every year as there are big ones. It's just the big ones are getting the bulk of the attention now. And there is a serious competition with the Netflix, the Amazon, the Hulu, the HBO, even network shows. There's so many shows that are on right now that there's no way possible that on your social media feeds, you cannot avoid someone saying you haven't seen that yet because there's just too much shit out there that's apparently really really good 
you just can't keep up with it all. And I think movies are showing a reflection of that. Well, it's all right. Well, you're you're no longer going to get that middle $50 million budget movie done anymore because you might as well just do it on TV. So you're going to get your $20 million budget movie and your $200 million budget movie and whatever's in the middle. And let's just stretch it out and make it a 13-hour Netflix series or something. So I don't think it's destroying the creativity that's available. And, and if anything else, the constraints, we always say constraints make people more creative because then you got to figure out a better way to do it. Well, I'm, I guess I'm kind of taking the opposite track with this. I mean, how how long do you think this trend can go um, with some of these franchises where, like, how many times would you want to go see, oh, wait, they're doing what? Oh, isn't that just like this movie or that movie that I already know by heart? And, oh, no, they are. They are. Recycling an existing storyline oh. right into the thing. <laughs> she like, froze. I, I just, <laughs> I just, you know, saw this or I've seen this a yeah. million times. Yeah. Well, but that's always been the thing, though. People always bitch about that. Hollywood doesn't do anything new. And it's just. Well, I, are we taking that to a new level? Are we taking that argument to a new level? I guess that's what I'm kind of asking with this trend. I don't know. Because reboot quote is just the thing we're talking about now because there's so many in that little niche. But well, I think that little niche right now. But I think that little <laughs> niche only saw, only represents maybe what thirty percent of what comes out every year. That may be, but I mean, we're talking about some big money makers here. Yeah, but I think it's just it represents just this unique, and that's why we're talking about it. It's this mm-hmm. new form that we've never really seen before to this level. I mean, it would be not the this, not this pronounced. No, not yeah, this spread. It, it, it's just it's it's this unique thing of we had an old property that was beloved. Now let's do it new, but let's tie it in and get the people who did it before. Let's get Sylvester Stallone to be Rocky again to help with these new people. Let's get Harrison Ford to be Han Solo again with these new people. So again, yeah. I'm I'm not necessarily talking about just uh, plugging in old characters into a new story or something like that, or continuing on along those lines. I'm talking about like literally taking the plot from an existing movie and popping it into a new one and going, "Here you go." Well, I mean that's been the complaint about some of them, but I think there's enough new in there that and we're just in the middle of it right now because we have so many of these that seem like pilots of a new show i mean force awakens seems like a pilot of a new show where they had to kind of get it out of the way i guess so a way to they had to do so many things with stuff with force awakens they had to all right, we're going back to practical effects. And you didn't like the prequels. Fine. You love the first movie. We're going to remind you of the first movie as much as possible. But we got to do something new. But it can't be too new because you want to be reminded of the first movie. But it has to be new enough that you have to come back. So it's an unfinished product in my eyes. And when we get to episode eight and nine, that's when we'll start. Okay, now this is where we're going. Creed is kind of the same thing. Creed is, well, let's take a different avenue. I mean, honestly... Creed, the movie setup is very similar to someone I know who wrote a book series based on something similar mm-hmm. called, well, here's your main character, but what about this side character over here? What happened with him? Let's bring him in and make a whole new story, Frankenstein. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Creed is, is that, well, let's, uh, you remember Apollo? Let's work on whatever happened to him. And Rocky will come in and talk about it for a little while. I guess the concern that I see going ahead is, all right, so I'm a film studio or I'm a director or something like that. And I get tasked with, okay, you know, throw a new paint job on this thing. This, you know, studio wants to make money on this property again. Am I going to really extend myself and try to come up with something uh, really new, or am I going to get hung up on 
kind of recycling the old and milking nostalgia so much that I'm not really I'm not really taking the story anywhere. No, I think it's mining the universes. So you have all these rich story universes and it's now people going, well, let's look at some other corners of this and what can be built upon that. Uh, Ash versus the evil dead. We've got the new TV show out, which we've only seen the pilot of, which was pretty funny. Oh yeah. That was not necessarily a sequel. I mean, number one, there's rights issues. So even Sam Raimi said it's not really a sequel to army of darkness because they don't own the rights to that. So they, can't really reference that it's basically a sequel to the first evil dead with touches of part two but that's a reboot cool but they're exploring more into the universe and bringing new characters in so it's almost like well we did this movie 30 years ago that set up this big thing about the evil dead being out there and then we kind of petered out and did a couple movies and but let's explore it. And there's a great big universe that they built of story there. Let's explore all the different avenues of it. And, uh, you know, they're doing an X-Files reboot, which I never X-Files, watched the X-Files. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Where you've got those. I think that's the, the culture we live in now is that we have so much access to information. As we say this on a podcast where we sit here and talk about movies in depth. <laughs> is that. We live in the world now where the superficial story that was just meant to serve the masses years ago as like, well, here's just another version of the story. We live in the world now where, yeah, but I want to explore deep into that creative universe you solved. And we're we're more in a realistic take on things now. So instead of, uh, uh, I'm just I'm blanking on anything to use as an example, Um Uh, it, well, okay, Star Wars. So in, instead of, uh, well, Luke just has the Force, and uh, you know it's a, it surrounds us and binds us, and he goes off to be a Jedi. And then we had three movies, which was overdoing it as far as here's what causes the Force. It's in your bloodstream. Here's what the Jedi were. They were losers. Here's here's the <laughs> Sith. Here's how all this stuff happened. Here, and it's that Patton Oswalt thing of I don't give a shit about the stuff. I just love the stuff I love. But if you can look deeper into the universe and actually mine something more out of it, like the modern day, we expect greater detail. So now you actually want to look into and say, oh, what really is the Force? And what about other people besides Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and that family? Aren't there other people in the universe who can have Force powers? Shouldn't they be looked at too? And now where does that go? Because it's a big gal. So it's, it's, it's just diving deep into these universes and mining them for more story. I mean, Jurassic World... All right, well, what's the continuation? Well, they would have a theme park open for it by now because somebody wants to make money off of it. And But the old ways of, well, didn't you guys learn from your original problems? Well, not really because we want to make money, and now it's going to spin off into, well, now we want to turn them into military assets as these smart reptiles can be used or something. I, I don't even know where the hell they're supposed to go with that. I can't even guess. But it, it's just as interesting how oh, we... Oh, the trick-or-treaters are here. Ding dong. Oh, God, they are velociraptors. <laughs> sure. And you just start blending it with, like, other genres of films. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting how there's so many properties that people know, and Hollywood is nothing if not going off of existing known IP because there is nothing more valuable in the world than something somebody already knows. A built-in brand it solves part of your marketing problem right off the bat because well, you already know what been, it is. We have been very much in a uh, big Hollywood movies are done by brand. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's why that's why the comic book time. that's why the comic book movies are hidden hard because sure. it's a known brand and sure. Star Wars is a known brand and Rocky's a known and X Files is known. I mean. There are original movies being made, but let's face it, these movies are being made to make money, and 
if you've got something that somebody's already heard of, they're going to do it. Terminator Genesis. That's a reboot goal. It started over. It used time travel to try and start a whole new timeline, but there's Arnold, and they're tying into the past. So that's a pure reboot goal right there. And then we had that interesting discussion last night is, where does, where does Scream 4 fit in? <laughs> I, I think... And I think I my opinion was because there's an MTV show right now called Scream that I know a little bit about but I've never seen, I would say Scream 4 is just a sequel, pure and simple, and the TV show on MTV is a reboot, period, because it has no ties to the original 4. I think part of the problem with Scream 4 and why you can't qual- qualify it fully by the definition we've drummed up for Rebuquel is they didn't really give you anywhere to go with the new younger characters by the end of that movie. Yeah, and plus there was only, again, spoilers, <laughs> there's only one of the younger characters left alive at the end yeah. of the movie. <laughs> and all three of the originals are still there. So it's not uh-huh. like, well, we killed off Han Solo, so now it's how the new characters move on, move forward. It's... Uh, no, they're all still there. This is basically just a goddamn sequel. Now, whenever, <laughs> see where that goes, because Wes Craven passed on, but uh, the TV show is just a plain old reboot. Teen Wolf, the TV show on MTV, that's just a reboot. There's nothing tying in with Michael J. Fox or Jason Bateman, for that matter. Which is a shame, because we need Jason Bateman back in his werewolf outfit. Again, I just want him showing up and just completely changing the tone of that show when he shows up. <laughs> oh, it's not dark and serious anymore. It's time to have some fun. Some arrested Where development like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Put on the boxing gloves, you excite. <laughs> he just he's just out there in the yard. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> hey guys, I heard you were doing a teen wolf. Well here I am. <laughs> He just insert him in the background in different episodes and just never explain why that's happening. <laughs> for no reason. For no reason. This for, is why we're not writing that show. For no reason, <laughs> Boof will show up. <laughs> oh, there you go. Mad Max. Mad Max is a pure reboot goal because he's playing the same character. The stuff that happened before could have happened before. But it's a new thing. But he's got the same damn car, which you could qualify kind of as a character. So I well, would... for a little for about forty seconds, yes, <laughs> it's the same car. <laughs> well, but Jurassic World, you see, oh look, there's the jeeps they drove in the first movie for some reason. So... I, I guess some of these I see is doing a lot better than others at. You know, we might sprinkle in some of the iconography or things like that, but we make it its own thing. We don't hug too tightly to what came before, and I think some of these rebuquels are really taking the opposite path. Sure. They're riding existing stuff into the ground to the detriment of, you know, what they could be doing. It's like, well, if we got, you know, if we rented the... Hall, we got the orchestra, you got the audience in there and everything, and you sing part of a new song, and then you go through something that people have heard, you know, for 40 years. It's going to be a little bit of a uh for some of the audience. Now, if you're an audience, if you're an audience member who's kind of new to one of these properties, and this is kind of your in or something like that, there's the opposite side. There's, oh, okay, well, this could... Um, hook people in a similar way to the way that it hooked, you know, original audiences or long-standing audiences, and uh, you know. Well, what do you what do you say is is next up? I mean, we had Indiana Jones four, apparently, and apparently we're getting a five. Yeah, but <laughs> it feels like. One What's of the up pro- next for Rebuquel? Well, it feels like one of the problems with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is that Spielberg and Lucas did not decide to go all in on the Rebuquel idea that we're living in now. 
if they'd gone they all in, make that more of a straight sequel. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it was a straight sequel where then they, they had to reboot anything. But they had hints of trying to reboot. Well, I mean, if that were made now in this full rebootful thing we're talking about for the last half an hour, then the whole idea of Shia LaBeouf's Mutt well, character. he would have just become the new Indiana Jones by the end of that movie. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he would have put the hat on and been Indiana Jones, and Harrison Ford would have been a non-factor in the last 20 minutes of that movie. That's what would have happened if they had made it now in this modern thing. Instead, they didn't. They hedged their bets and just said, kind of like they they did it like Scream Four, like we just said. <laughs> they just said, "Well, it's new." But no, 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 we're not ready to get rid of it yet. Right. <laughs> and I think if you're going to say Harrison Ford's still there, you got to just full on go Kentucky Smith or something and just do, do somebody different. <laughs> Indiana Jones meet Tex Smith. <laughs> <laughs> meet Michigan Johnson or something. <laughs> they all team together to fight, fight kid Seattle. No, oh. from Oklahoma. No, you're thinking a kid Minneapolis from Detroit. Who fought in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> Against kid Arizona. No, it was his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could keep going if you want us to. <laughs> There's one that needs to be a reboot. What was the Naked uh, Gun series? I don't know who you would even put into the Frank Drebin role in particular. I don't. Oh, I can't no. think of anybody off the top of my head who has that kind of comedic timing. No, and it wouldn't work either because how many times have we endlessly said this on here? You cannot you do sequels. Again, again. <laughs> you can't do comedy. You just can't do comedy sequels. Well, we've seen a lot of bad examples of that happening. Yeah, and those at are... Least, at least when they're straight-up sequels, have we seen a successful reboot of a comedy property. Hmm. What do you think's going to... I mean, hell, we talked about... It's right for the targeting here, I guess. We just keep... What do you think we're going to get for the new Ghostbusters? God, see, it's amazing. You keep bringing these up, and I keep going, God, there's another reboot cool. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I mean, Vacation was in the summer. That was a reboot cool. That did not... (laughs) No, but it was a reboot cool. There's Chevy Chase still there, and they're talking about Wally World 30 years ago, but it's uh, new. Very true. Yeah. Very, oh, God, I'd forgotten about that. Exactly. <laughs> they're just, they keep coming. They're like, Jesus, every single one of these movies is a reboot cool. Everything that doesn't say Marvel or DC is a reboot cool. Well, and you could probably argue, and again, I'm not the comic book guy, but you could probably argue to a degree that for our, for some of the fans they kind of are not necessarily for films but um you know a lot of these are based on existing storylines from much known and beloved comic issues and everything like that too so yeah but that's not a reboot cool that's just no, an that's adaptation just a movie off of source material yeah yeah that that's that doesn't fit it just seems like if you had a property in the late 70s to 80s you are ripe for a reboot cool no matter what you did. <laughs> well, here's one for you. Speaking of the 90s, which is often nicknamed the recycled decade <laughs> for various reasons, but what about all of those movies that, you know, like your Brady Bunch movie or something like that where we were simply going back and redoing TV shows? See, that was just a product of its time. It bled a little bit into the early 2000s and then really kind of died out. But our reboot is kind of a similar thing, except for instead of focusing on old TV shows, now we're just focusing on older movies, and we're applying the same kind of logic. Good point. That's exactly it. In the 50s and 60s, the great in the 70s, the greatest pop culture stuff we had were the TV shows, the sitcoms, or whatever. In the 80s, it was all of the big blockbuster movies of the year that were taking over. And all the original, you talk about original, look at the Mm -hmm. 80s. Yes, there were a lot of sequels to original stuff from the 80s. (laughs) I mean, the sequels in the 80s were sequels to original shit. Very true. I mean, how much in the 80s was based on something? Not much. Like, the big stuff was... Back to the Future, original screenplay, Top Gun, original Ghostbusters, original Beverly Hills Cop, 
Star Wars with sequels to the original Star yeah, Wars. Actually, actually, as I'm thinking, I'm like struggling to come up with something that was. <laughs> that based was off of something earlier in the 80s. Yeah, you get to like 1989, you got Batman, you have the Superman sequels, so that's based on something. True. Um, I mean, National Lampoon was National Lampoon, but they were just kind of a sponsor, so Vacation was an original yeah. script. I mean, he had all that John Hughes stuff and all the Spielberg stuff were all originals. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I mean, yeah, that's what the hell did you have in the 80s? <laughs> Jaws. But that was sequels. <laughs> I mean, it was a book adaptation. Yeah. Well, I know. But I mean, it was something to go back to a previous decade, at least yeah. as far as sequels went. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. So now we're getting all that. So, yeah, I wonder in 10 years what they're going to go back to the 90s for. What the hell would... What's yeah, the, that's what's what the I'm if, you, if you're just constantly kind of recycling some of this stuff in, where, where does that ultimately lead you as far as the stories and your culture, the ability to really like dig in and make something new that people will accept if everybody's just kind of going, oh, yeah, I remember that and rewatching it in a new form. Yeah, the 90s is really weird because it's got... Uh, it's got a lot of not necessarily biopics, but I mean, I, off the top of my head, I, I yeah, you've always Dan, got biopics getting no. But I'm saying like the big stuff of the decade. The '80s is the big stuff is all original big blockbusters. The '90s is Braveheart based on a historical thing, Apollo 13 based on a historical dance. Well, we Bulls, got, we got into a lot of, to me, we got into kind of this weird mix in the early to mid nineties where we were doing a lot of, uh, film adaptations of literary works. We were getting into, um, yeah, a lot more of what I call kind of not necessarily realistic, but I think they were trying, they went through this period where I think they were trying to be a little bit more historically accurate than they had been in the past. They kind of took off some of that um, earlier Hollywood sheen to some of these things, and they're like, oh no, this person or this group of people, they did some horrible things to these people, and we're going to show you, or life in this environment during this time period would have been really hard. Here's why. And Well, I think uh, that, and that's where we come into what we're talking about. The 80s was full of a bunch of original movies that created these grand worlds you could dive into now to do mm-hmm. more stuff. The 90s was full of well, I'm thinking of like you've mentioned Braveheart. I'm going to like Dances with Wolves, Last of the Mohicans. Um, yeah, it was either let's make a movie based off of a uh, show in the '70s, a TV show, or uh, a property from SNL. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> we uh, did have a few of those in there. Or we have super indie stuff that was never meant to create a grand universe. Yeah, or, the mid-90s had a lot of the indie stuff. Or it was some sort of historical property or fake historical something or another that wasn't meant... I mean, nobody's going to reboot Braveheart and say, well, look, let's look and see what happened with his buddy who he threw the rocks with, you know, Mad-Eye Moody. Let's see. <laughs> let's check out his life and yeah, have Mel Gibson. What was going on with Mad-Eye Moody and, and let's, in the 1300s, shall and, we? And let's have Mel Gibson show up to for no reason. I don't know. <laughs> Just because. That's what they do. Yeah, there's nothing... Wow, I, I'm just I'm trying to roll through the same. I'm trying to think in like box office terms or whatever's popular. I'm sure somebody can come back and say, no, there were 800 movies released in 1995, and here's example. Hey, I'm I'm thinking of, calm down, everybody. I'm thinking of <laughs> if if I go back into the 80s in my brain, what's right on the surface? Like each year, what's right on the surface? That's going to be the stuff that's popular. I go 1984, Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters. Breakfast Club. I mean, those are things right on the top. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, it's Braveheart, the Batman sequels, Clerks, uh, uh, Wayne's World, <laughs> English, Jerry Maguire, Titanic. I mean, all these things that were just their own things. And mm-hmm. it's, can the Matrix be a reboot quill? Cool? Well, someday will we get a new Matrix where Keanu shows up and... And I would not new. be surprised if in some way, shape, or form in the next 10 years you get some 
new take on that, whether or not uh, the Wachowskis are involved. I think that would be up in the air, at least at this point. If they can somehow get one or two strong films under their belts and get away from the angle that their careers have been going here with uh, the releases over the, you know, since really the first Matrix sequel, um, I think, you know, maybe you would have them kind of involved, but I could easily see the studio just going, nah, again, this is a known property. People obviously had some problems with the direction that it took. Let's see what we can do with this. Sure. And like you said, Ghostbusters is coming soon. There'll be another one. Is it going to be a straight-up reboot? But suddenly, all of the original actors are having cameo roles. Are they just pure cameo roles, or is there some sort of tie-in with that first movie or two? I I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. Uh, I mean, I totally forgot, but even on the TV side, The Flash, Mm. that very easily could be called a reboot goal. Because there are so many tie-ins that they do to the original 1990-91 TV show with John Wesley Shipp. That John Wesley Shipp plays Barry Allen's dad, Amanda Pays, who was Tina McGee in the first show. Guess what she is in this new episode of the new series, The Flash? She's Dr. Tina McGee for some reason. And 25 years later. about how you would classify Smallville. <laughs> uh, Smallville was just a prequel. Okay. I think that was just a prequel. I mean, that's why comic books are just tricky. Comic book stuff is is tricky until we get more under our belt. I think it really didn't take off until X Men around two thousand. So until we get a in, little in bit the modern in the modern iteration, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine Christian Bale hanging out and then suddenly there's a cameo by Michael Keaton. I mean, th- that's that's what I'd imagine, but. I I think we have to get it about another 10 to 20 years worth of comic book movies for then them to do a new X-Men and then Hugh Jackman with gray hair shows up and says, here, I'll lead you along, kid, or something like that. But it's the Wolverine has aged. (laughs) So I think that the the guys doing the flash are ahead of their time because they have something they can go back to that. Little scene series in 1990 has just been mined to death by them. I mean, Mark Hamill's come back to play the trickster again, and he's still the <laughs> same trickster. And they, he operates in the same lair in the three episodes he was in in the 90s. So it's, and again, that's an ongoing series, and they still have yet to fully say whether or not, all right, we're doing the, the comic book thing where there's different universes and. You know that 1990 show? That actually was a different universe where all these people were there. and uh, oh, the new, uh, I don't even know. Is the is the next entry for Aliens slash Prometheus, is it falling under the Aliens banner or under Prometheus? Well, who knows? Because they're they... doing two separate things. Because I... I haven't I haven't tracked it real well. I at one point I remember hearing they were doing both. Then at some point I feel like I heard they were only doing one or the other. I think I saw something the other day where it's like, oh yeah, the Prometheus sequel is going to be set ten like years eight later, or ten years yeah. later, or something like that. So I I don't even know what that film series what you're getting into as far as that's the last I saw remake reboot will re you know whatever we're. Recycling, but I don't know into what. Yeah, you saw the last thing I did. It was like 10 years after Prometheus to distance themselves from that. So, whether or not, and that was all like a prequel to the original Alien, or, or was it yeah, not? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was. Well, that's how it got sold. And so they're originally and after, saying Sigourney and then after Weaver. After the too. movie came out, they kind of said, well, it's. It is and it's not part of the alien world, and you're kind of going, all right, wh- wh- which one is it? <laughs> well, all right. So no, it is or no, it isn't. Yes. All right, so let's go through the list here, and I think it's pretty easy because all you do is think of what's a big pop culture movie from the 70s and 80s, and who's the one main actor who's generally associated with it who's still around? Okay. Star Wars, Harrison Ford, done. Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, done. Aliens, Sigourney Weaver, she'll probably show up somehow. Ghostbusters, Bill Murray, he's going to do a cameo in the new one. (laughs) Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell, he's doing it. 
Um, vacation. There was Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo for some reason. Um, uh, Terminator. There's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So what else is there besides Smokey and the Bandit that has not been touched to bring Burt Reynolds back? And here starts the campaign. <laughs> God damn it, it's going to happen. You watch. Get your engines running, America. <laughs> Smoking the Bandit's coming back, and Sally Field and Burt Reynolds are going to hop on for one last ride. I can see it coming in the next two years. Come on back now, Bandit. <laughs> oh, and Jerry Reed will be calling from on the CB from heaven. That's right. <laughs> Like there's a, I hear something funky up with my CB. <laughs> and for crying out loud, they all have iconic music that these new directors can use so judiciously perfectly. Uh, I mean, uh, Star Wars, all of a sudden you hear one of those old themes kick in and people are like, oh my God. That's uh, about the only thing that stood out to me in that oh, soundtrack. Much as I love John Williams. Captain Grumpy McGrumperson is oh, back again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Creed. Uh, not to spoil the movie, but one of the coolest goddamn parts is when they bring in the original Bill Conti score. And it's like, oh, man. it's full. It, uh, it, the music really does make a hell of a difference in a lot of these things where it that's the music always seems to be the final capper on the nostalgia feels that we have watching these things. Well, and people connect to music in such a universal way. And it's something that can really just instantly kind of transport you into a certain mindset and everything. It's the formula. I think that the reboot cools have a formula. It is start with your new characters, show a world that looks vaguely familiar do a reveal of some sort of item that you recognize, bring in the old actor to show them playing their original character, have a moment at the end where the original theme music you know by heart creeps in at just the right moment. Done. I can already, without even thinking, go three examples in the last six months. And spoilers! (laughs) Star Wars. You start, you have a familiar world. Hey, there's the Millennium Falcon. Woo! There's Harrison Ford. Woo! And at the end, Ray gets the lightsaber, and the Star Wars Luke's theme kicks into gear, into full gear. Stamped and done. Uh, Creed, you've got, it's a world of boxing. And, oh, hey, look, there's Apollo Creed fighting Rocky Balboa on YouTube. Cool. There's Sylvester Stallone as Rocky. Cool. And then you get to the very end, and then all of a sudden, dun 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 dun, dun, dun kicks in, and everybody's like, "Oh fuck yeah!" <laughs> uh, Terminator Genesis. Hey, look, it's the battle of the machines in the future. There's the new Reese, and now they go back in time, and oh hey, look, it's 1984 that we recognize, but they're redoing it shot for shot. That's kind of cool. Hey, there's Arnold, but he's old now. And then all of a sudden at the end, Arnold has to do something cool, jumps out of a helicopter, and all of a sudden we hear the Terminator theme. Ba-bump, bump, ba-bump, kick in. It's, it's, a, it's a damn formula. I haven't seen the new Vacation movie, but I can guarantee you that, hey, there's the family truckster. Hey, there's Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. And then at the end, Holiday Road Holiday will kick Road in plays, at some point. Yeah, probably. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, I am on to you, Hollywood. I know your formula. So here's your pitch, Hollywood. Smokey and the Bandit, the new version. (laughs) You're on the road. The Trans Am. Oh, my God. And then Burt Reynolds. Hey, there's my old car. And then at the end, there's some sort of chase sequence. And Eastbound and Down kicks in on the radio. Oh, you're sold right there. How much you want to bet? You're welcome. <laughs> how much you want to bet that Paul Feig is in the editing room right now, and on Ghostbusters, there's going to be some moment at the end where somebody's ringtone's going to kick in, and you're going to hear who you're going to call. Uh, I guarantee that, that will show up in that movie. <laughs> I'm telling. I am on. To I your... don't think there's any question. <laughs> I'm on to you, Hollywood. <laughs> your formula is showing thin. Your your acting has become your plot is your acting has become stale, Miss Sarandon. <laughs> no, they're acting. <laughs> it's just God. 
I, I'm surprising the shit out of myself. Jurassic World. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's dinosaurs. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, look, it's the gate that we went through and the Jeeps from the first movie. Isn't that cool? With a little tinge of the John Williams music. And then it's, there's the T-Rex. And then all of a sudden the John Williams music kicks in full gear with dun 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 I'm telling you what. We just need to pick anything from the 70s <laughs> and just follow the formula, and we have instant billion-dollar hit. I'm telling you mm, what. Anything? Well, I, my choice is Smokey and the Bandit, so you got one now. Go. Uh, well, we mentioned it before. <laughs> there hasn't been a new one since 1986. What would you say to them screwing with Jaws? I see uh, that one. I think we could dream about it, but I, I think Spielberg's actually even said until I die, I, no one's touching it. But I think George Lucas said the same thing and here we are. So, uh-huh. yeah, well, I believe when he hung it up, you know, in 2005, he was like, oh, no, there's never going to be any more Star Wars. He did. Now I'm working on the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> now I work on new things. And, uh, but now I'm working oh, on Star no, Wars. No, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, with TV, at least. I mean, you had the reboot version of um, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. But w- but the original Battlestar Galactica wasn't was tremendously beloved, though, was it? Um, I, I mean, people you know, knew it, but well, people knew it. I I think, yeah, I I think it was. Them. I think it was one of those kind of. A lot of people remembered it from their childhood type of thing, but how much detail they remembered about it, that's, you know, probably a little bit more open to debate. Well, that falls wholeheartedly, though, into reboot. That was brand new. I mean, as as you said that, I all of a sudden went back in my brain and thought, wait a minute, year 2000, we had a reboot call. One one that qualifies is Charlie's Angels. That movie. Yeah, Yeah, I thought of them earlier when you were talking about... um, Somehow SNL, I think I thought Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that qualifies because the same voice was, uh, I don't remember the actor's name. He was Charlie. And in the sequel, all of a sudden there's, uh, what's her name, uh, Jacqueline Smith showing up. You're like, oh, okay. I, so this is in that same universe. Just started new. So that's sort of a soft rebuquel, I guess, for a new term we've just coined. Copyright Greg and Pete. Reboot cool. Not really. <laughs> so, soft reboot cool. <laughs> so, what of your childhood that has not been touched? Do, do you see? I mean, we've done episodes on Goonies, and um, I mean, at this point, I don't think you could do a sequel. You'd have to do a reboot cool for Goonies. We talked about how they do a full on sequel, but. Then they'd fall into <laughs> they'd fall did. into they'd fall into Scream Four territory or Indiana Jones Four territory where they'd probably be like, well, we've got all these actors from 1985 now, we can't really kill them, can we? So you'd almost have to be like, well, there's nobody else here because they were just friends for what amounts to a night. <laughs> a night of their lives was about the only time they all spent a whole lot of time together. So. Maybe uh, Sean Astin shows up back for the fortieth class reunion. I don't know. No, it's just Sean Astin shows up for a new group that's out on some crazy mission. I don't know, but he is Chester Cobblepot <laughs> or Copper Copperpot. <laughs> He's a descendant of Chester Copperpot. I don't know what else. What else is there that has not been mined yet from the seventies and eighties? I mean, hell, even the yeah, horror movies. stuff from, like, the early 80s that we're not thinking of. Well, I mean, they... 84 backwards. They had that run there where Michael Bay's company tried, you know, did all the actual reboots of the horror movies, the slasher movies. I mean, they were... Oh, big, yeah. Say what you will, they were big in the 80s, but I wonder if there's some way to actually do a reboot or if they're just going to do yet another... All right, let's just do a fresh, clean reboot of that series again with no ties whatsoever. I don't know how you would actually tie, though. I think in a lot of cases you're better off not trying. Oh, God, and I keep going back in time. Halloween H2O was essentially a reboot. It was like, mm-hmm. ignore 3, 4, 5, and 6. This is Jamie Lee Curtis back. 
So no, I think I think a lot of those horror franchises have done that. Uh, heck, I mean, but now nah, that uh, wasn't that was more of a sequel because that wasn't intended to like we're starting new. It was just more like we're ending. Superman Returns. No, I I'd call that just a straight up reboot. It just had a lot of the tones of the original movies, but there was no one involved. Yeah, but they were taking an awful lot of stuff from they were original movies. They were, but they were so bland about it. It was it was all like a I lot of say, feeling. I didn't say it was a wholly successful effort. I just oh no no, no. I'm not saying the quality of the film. I no I'm take completely out of context the call the quality of the film. I'm simply okay. saying the artistic quality of the film, the story. Mm. They were just kind of glazing over, saying in tangential form that yeah we're kind of related to those first two movies, but they didn't actually. Outside of the one moment that I can think of remembering that movie where they legitimately said, here's something from those Superman 1 and 2. And it was the uh, uh, when Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor's crew went into the museum to steal the kryptonite rock. And it panned down and the little nameplate said Addis Ababa, which was the name of the place in the first Superman movie that Lex got the kryptonite from in Africa. And that is the only direct connection in that movie I can think of. But other than that, it was just this general feel of like, well, if you really want to do it, you can connect these to Superman 1 and 2. But we're not overtly stating that this is a new version of Margot Kidder and a new version of Christopher Reeve. We're doing it in the sense that if you want to see it, it's there, but it can be new. And that's probably the most I want to talk about Superman Returns ever again. Relive <laughs> <laughs> the magic. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, you can't really reboot TV shows from the 80s because they're all crap. They've all they've done basically what oh, they did with the Silver Spoons uh, yeah. <laughs> movie is a coming. Yeah, I, I, I had lunch the other day and talked about this... Uh, this thing of you can't really do any 80s TV show outside of just completely doing a new version of it. Uh, like the 18 movie have, was to take literally the nuts and bolts of the idea and just. Yeah, yeah because nothing ever was good about those shows. <laughs> <laughs> nothing held up. I mean, you did it's something like, like well, the, here's the basic here's the basic setup for these characters. Go. Yeah. About the closest they could come was the A team movie had. uh little cameos in it from some of the original actors. And that was about it. And in fact, I think most of them got cut out to begin with. I saw them like on the TV edits. They're there, but uh, yeah, you really can't do anything with TV from the eighties. You sure as hell don't want to do a Cosby show reboot right now. <laughs> no. I mean, you could do a new version of the shows, but you couldn't do, I, I guess you get into the 90s and you could do a quantum leap and do oh, we like... Are, we are redoing the X-Files and Twin Peaks, so there you go. Yeah, maybe that's the thing now is on the TV side, they're just going to be doing new versions of the shows with the same actors or older. And I don't know anything about the X-Files or the Twin Peaks as far as what they're doing, but it know, sounds like... I don't know how many, if any, original uh, cast members are coming back on for the Twin Peaks stuff. Obviously, we got back uh, Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny for the X-Files. But it sounds like more along the lines of, here's just another story with these people, and it doesn't fall within our our parameters we're setting for ourselves here of bring the original people, but you set up a whole new group of people and a new thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like they're doing that. It just sounds like here's another wacky adventures of Scully and Mulder and what they're, whatever they're doing. And I'm sure there'll be new people there, but it's still about them. Again, the scream Four problem. What a template we've set ourselves to, to base everything <laughs> off of. But for this purpose, it's the scream Four problem of, we want to start new, but we really don't No, We got the original people. Let's keep them. And so, but I, I think you could do a. We did our whole Quantum Leap show years ago, but I think you could do that where you start either completely fresh or you can 
do something new with the technology and Sam Beckett shows up, Scott Bakula can show up and do something, but he doesn't have to be the focus of the show, so you could do a, a reboot of it. But I can't think of anything else that hasn't already been touched that somebody's just going to yank into existence and say, hey, remember this job you got auditioning 35 years ago? You can play that actor again if you want. Yeah. um, I think there is probably going to be a finite limit to some of this, but it's just interesting that this has become kind of the thing at least for a lot of the big um, blockbuster kind of movies. It'll die eventually when Zach Galligan really needs a job and they make Gremlins 3 <laughs> and realize, I think we've gone too far. Oh, no, that just <laughs> <laughs> We did this for Zach Galligan and we backfired. This trend is over. This time he talks about his Easter day horror <laughs> instead of Well, Phoebe Cates isn't there to talk about her dad Santa Claus problems for some reason. <laughs> what the hell was that? Maybe we should do that in another <laughs> Gremlins reboot. There's one we can throw out for no reason. Uh, well, no, no. No, this is my pitch for smoking the bandit to join the fray, and then I'm out. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's all that needs to happen in this trend. And as well as that occurs, you're good. <laughs> Bert needs a job. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but ah!